Welcome to the Schmidt Show on News Radio 1310 KNOX AM and 107.9 FM. Add your voice to the conversation. Call now at 775-5559 or send an email to live at knoxradio.com. Now, here he is, your host, Brad Schmidt. <laughs> Good afternoon. It is the Schmidt Show. I am your host, Brad Schmidt. Um, the smooth the smooth voice lady. You know, it's amazing to me. She um, she does this script every single day. She's shorter than I expected. She is. Yeah, you would. You would. She's got that kind of that 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 um, the sultry kind of voice you'd expect her to be a tall and yeah, she is a little bit short and she never screws that up. She reads it perfectly the exact same way every single time. So in the studio with me is uh, is a gentleman by the name of Steve Dries. So, Steve, I'm going to give a little bit of intro into why you're here and, and why we're doing this kind of a show on a free speech Friday. I'm, I'm here because I passed the IQ test <laughs> and the breathalyzer. You did. So. Yeah. So the the thing I was a little concerned about, though, was the blood test. Was the, What were we going to find in the – because I, I had to do a urinalysis thing. I worked in Colorado Springs. Doing your analysis for that was a little awkward. Having to watch guys go to the bathroom to make sure they weren't cheating on their drug tests. So, but, a little uh, awkward. Yeah, it was. That was a yeah. It was the worst one was when I actually witnessed a guy using what we deemed in the industry as an appliance to uh, to try and cheat a drug test. So that was a little awkward. So having to go, hey, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so I'm going to give, like say, a little bit of background as to as to what the plan with the show like this is. You can still call in and ask questions and, and share thoughts and insights and text into the show and all that kind of stuff. But um, I mentioned back at the beginning of the year that I wanted to at least once a month throughout the year of 2020 do kind of an extended – long form type of interview. I had planned in February, in January to have uh, Rick Becker, who's a former gubernatorial or gubernatorial candidate. Um, he's a current state senator and he's a plastic surgeon and all of these sorts of things that he does that um, beyond just being a politician and all of that and thought it would be fun to just talk to him for three hours kind of a la Joe Rogan. Like I'm a, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan's cause I think he's a great interviewer and he, he uh, has a, uh, a natural curiosity that leads him to be a great uh, interviewer. So I kind of wanted to do at least once a month this kind of a of a show where we just kind of, you know, not necessarily avoid politics, but just talk about life and all of the stuff that, that we're involved in in various ways. And I've known you now for, I want to say it's probably closer to eight or nine years now that I think about it because I met Carrie for the first time, I think, in 2011 when I moved from Laramore to here. So right close to that nine or 10 years almost now. Um, and it was Carrie that actually kind of got me into radio. I had this idea. I remember, I'll, I'll never forget it. I had this idea at a, it was at a, an event, a live event for a, for a Christian bookstore. And I knew that she was in radio and I said, Hey, I've got an idea I think would make a really great radio show. Cause I grew up listening to Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and all of these, right? And I thought, man, it'd be great to have like a kind of a, a, a Rush Limbaugh meets Hank Hanegraaff. And for those that have never listened to um, 
Christian radio. Hank Hanegraaff was a guy that had a, a radio show called The Bible Answer Man. And people would just call in and ask him about biblical stuff, whatever it was, whatever the topic was, like, what does the Bible say about this or that or whatever? And so I thought it would be cool to kind of meld, you know, world politics and religion together. And I said, I said so I told Carrie, I said, you guys should do a show like that because it would be awesome. And she goes, you're right. That's a great idea. You should do that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't know nothing about radio. She goes, yeah, but I can show you how. And next thing I know, I was doing some voice tracking for, for uh, QFM here in town. And uh, within a few years, I, I kind of stumble in here and, and find myself on KNOX. And so you have had in, in your lifetime a lot of interesting experiences. You've been involved in radio. You're a, a computer uh, programmer, as, as, the, uh, as the, uh, the layman would say. It's a little bit more complicated than a, what used to be the old computer programmers, but uh, what would you call yourself? A code writer? What are you? What's your official? Oh, I hate that term. Really? What's your official? I, like, I I don't like calling it coding. Okay. It's programming. It is. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm a computer scientist. Oh, there I'm, you go. Yeah. And my title is software developer. Okay. Okay. So, and then you I make been, computers do my bidding. Right. And then you actually, you and Carrie together used to own a radio station out in Minnesota, right? Yeah, we owned KADU for a couple of years in Hibbing, Minnesota. Right. A little tiny, little tiny radio station. Yeah. And so, 100 watts at 100 feet. That's like nothing. <laughs> so you ended up out here in Grand Forks and all of that kind of thing. And so I just thought it would be fun to talk to you because you've got, one, you've got an interesting life story that we'll get into as we talk throughout the, the next couple of hours about your adoption and, and your kind of adventure in finding your your biological parents and, and all of that. So we'll get into that discussion. Um, but you've also got kind of an interesting connection to Leighton Broadcasting and to, to KNOX because Carrie used to be on here on KNOX and she was on the, the on Kick, the country station. Yep. And and that is an interesting story in and of itself for those that know Carrie and, and know her story and and um, the tragedy that was uh, that, that brought about the, the end of her life, I guess, is the only way to say that. Um, and so that's an interesting story. So we got a lot to talk about, and 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 you've raised two kids into adulthood. Um, one's already married and has a kid, and has given you a grandson, number one, right? Correct. And do you, is is it's just the one though, right? Just the one. Just the one. That's what I thought. And then your other daughter's same age as mine, or or right close to that, within a, within a year or two, I think. And she's now engaged, right? Yes. And and is planning the wedding and all of that. So. Um, there's an interesting, interesting story in all of that as well. And, and navigating the waters of life with adult children and, and, and all of that. So there's a ton to talk about. So we're going to spend the next few hours kind of just jumping into all of that. So, um, to kind of kick things off, why don't you maybe just give kind of a short introduction of, of who you are um, like I said, we know you're a computer scientist and that's your current profession, but um, give us just a, maybe a quick couple of minute, you know, this is, I'm Steve Dries and I approve this message kind of <laughs> bio. So 50 years ago, uh, Howard and Myrna Dries of yep. Thompson, North Dakota adopted a little boy. And, and a lot of me. people listening will know those, know that name quite right. well. Yeah. So Howard and Myrna Dries adopted you and you said about 50 years ago, exactly. Right. Uh, 51. 51. Yeah. So. Um, 1968 is when they did that. Um, I was days old, 
So I, I've known right. no other parents. Yeah, it was the only mom and dad you ever knew. Yep. Um, you know, raised in, in Thompson all my life, graduated high school there, went to UND, got a computer science degree, and promptly went to Hibbing, Minnesota to work at a radio station. <laughs> Because that's what you do with a computer science <laughs> Right, degree. I was going to say, what were you thinking? <laughs> um, when I was there, uh, I was living in the basement of a supporter's house. Okay. Because he, it was a Christian radio station, right? Yeah, and yeah. he wanted to wanted me to be able to be on the air, but all he could do, do yeah. was give me a yeah, space he, to he live. He couldn't pay you a salary, but he could give you a, a free place to live. Right. Um, he met Carrie. At Sunshine Festival. Oh, yeah. Carrie came up to visit him, and that's when she met me. Yeah. And I've heard that story before, and I don't know if you want to get into that, <laughs> sure. into that I, story I, or I not. I have but... no problem with that okay. story. Um, the night before, I had gone to a concert in Minneapolis. Okay. And I got home late at night. Right. And I had decided I was going to skip church, and I was going to sleep in. Right. So they got up bright and early for early church. And cranked up really loud music while they're getting ready. <laughs> and then they finally left, and I'm like, well, I can't fall asleep now, so I might as yeah. well go take a shower. I take the shower. I come out of the shower. I'm wearing a towel and a smile, and she walks in the door. <laughs> <laughs> and Pat, the guy who owns the house I'm living in, introduces me and wants us to carry on this big, long conversation. As you're standing there in a towel. I just want to get out of there, <laughs> right? Go put on some clothes. Right. Um. Carrie later told me that at that moment, she knew she was going to marry me. Wow. I took a little more convincing. <laughs> but you knew Carrie well enough to know that when Carrie decides that's what's going to happen. Yeah, she's going to make it happen. That's going to happen. Yep. And so it did. So then that led to you know all sorts of things. Of course, like I said, you got a couple of kids and you ended up buying that radio. Was it that radio station that you ended up purchasing and taking control of? When I was working at that radio station, very often on Friday afternoon, the boss would come in and say, we can pay you or we can <laughs> stay on the air for another week. Uh, and I'd say, well, let's stay on the air for another week. Let's roll the dice. See what see happens. <laughs> that went on for about a year and a half. Right. I eventually got married, so right. couldn't live off of that sort of a financial arrangement. arrangement. Yeah. Moved to Fargo to live with Carrie, who was working in radio. Right. Um, she was much better at radio than I ever was, so that's when I started pursuing my computer science degree. Okay. Several years later, I moved back to Hibbing, working with my computer science degree. Right. And they uh, they offered to sell the radio station to me for two bucks. Two dollars. So I bought a radio station. Nice. For two bucks. I think it's a pretty good deal. It it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. It cost me way more than two dollars in the long run, <laughs> but that, it was fun. Is that station still on the air? It is. It is a translator for uh, KBHW out of International Falls. Okay, so it's it's still it's still broadcasting just a different signal. Yep. So and which is for for those that don't know what a translator is. So KNOX we 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 broadcast on thirteen ten a.m. But it's translated. It's just basically rebroadcast on our on our FM side on one hundred seven point nine. So um, you end up doing this. You're doing radio for a while. Um, how did you end up back in Grand Forks? Oh, Grand Forks is home, right? 
Um, that's where a lot of my family still lives. Right. Um, so there was a, a strong desire to get back closer to home. And pretty common um, desire, I think, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I'm not even sure how they found out about Carrie. Right. Carrie was was doing radio for a, a, an AM station in Hibbing called WTBX okay. AM. And she was on the FM station as well. But it was right. primarily a talk show. Okay. And somebody at, at KNOX reached out to her and said, you should come here. You should come here. And so wanting to get back to North Dakota and having a job offer. Right. Made it a little easier. Yeah. And have me having a job at the time that was uh, location flexible. Oh, yeah. Like I, I could work from wherever I could get an internet connection. Right. Um, so it was easy for me to move if, she, if Carrie got a job elsewhere. Let me, this is, and we should take a break here in just a minute, but I want to talk a little bit about that thought process of being a part of a talk show, because for those that don't know kind of the, the, the behind the scenes with you and I, um, I've been doing radio here on KNOX for almost, like I said, almost six years, it'll be six years in March. And you have, even before I was doing KNOX, you've always kind of been for me, um, I don't know if the voice of reason is the right way to say it, but you've always kind of been a somewhat of a philosophical sounding board for me. When I get a little crazy and get a little wound up about whatever, um, you'll oftentimes kind of set, shoot me a text message or or some sort of message through MSN or uh, through uh, Facebook Messenger or whatever, and and go, yeah, but did you consider this? And and kind of draw me back in a little bit. Did you ever do that for Carrie? All the time was it? Yeah, how how does that how does the how does that process work for you? Because that's something that's interesting. And I don't know if you and I've ever had this conversation privately, but but I've always really appreciated that kind of like I say for lack of a better term, the voice of reason in in something. I never tell you to shut up. No, no. I, sometimes I want to, <laughs> but um, it's about. Uh, redirecting mm. is is do you find yourself in that position with other people as well sometimes at work yeah um, i i find that when there are issues people tend to have a singular focus mm. they they want to rule it down to one cause for this issue right and the world isn't that way no right i mean yeah. there's there's Thousands of variables that went into me showing up here today. Right. And to try and focus on just one of them, you're going to miss a ton of things. Yeah. And, and, and I think that the nature of this business, talking on the radio about an issue, right. you, you have a, a greater tendency to focus on a singular thing. Mm. And I think we all kind of know that intuitively, right? I think we all know that 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 there is a lot more gray area than we're maybe willing to admit um but it it's sometimes hard to to it's maybe even a little bit uncomfortable to walk in that gray area isn't it it is it's it, it's very easy to become focused on one thing yeah myopic is is the exactly I, that, that's something i've used to describe myself is that i i have a tendency to be a bit myopic about a lot of things, you know, and, and some of that becomes, comes from my, 
we all kind of see ourselves maybe as somewhat of uh, a moral crusader for whatever thing that we're crusading for. Um, and so my my myopic view oftentimes is a result of, well, I'm right. <laughs> you know, and I mean, and if you were always understood how right I really am, you'd understand why I'm so myopic about this. And of course, I say that somewhat tongue in cheek, but I, I've sure I'm sure you've heard this from me before, mm-hmm. and you'll probably hear it from me again. That sometimes it's more important to do right than it is to be right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. And and even like I said, knowing that personally as as a as a truth. Um, I still don't always get there. Sometimes. Oh, me, me yeah. either. Yeah. It's it's easy for me to sit here and tell you what to do. It's yeah. much harder for me to tell me what to do. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We don't like to listen to ourselves quite as much as we do other people sometimes. So, uh, Steve, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and continue the discussion. I do want to talk a little bit about uh, your life growing up and and in the world of adoption because one of the things that I'm I'm quite certain that that people will relate to is the various family dynamics and maybe there's somebody out here who is adopted and goes hey i kind of need to hear that so we'll do that in just a few moments it's news radio 1310 KNOX AM 107.9 KNOX FM my guest is steve drees and uh, we're just talking about basically everything the schmidt show continues next News Radio 1310, Kenno XAM 107.9, Kenno XFM. I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. The Schmidt Show starting a little bit early today as Ryan's getting ready to do some uh, some hockey out in War Road or Roseau. Or, I think it's East Grand Forks or Roseau, I think is what it is. So, yeah. Um, so he left a little bit earlier, and uh, I'm in a little bit earlier, there as therefore, as a result. And in the studio with me is Steve Drees, um, computer programmer, uh, software developer, computer scientist, um, son, dad, grandpa, uh, husband, uh, uh, wear all sorts of titles and labels and different hats, uh, friend. Um, I've known you now, like I said, I think we kind of figured out somewhere around that eight or nine years mark. Um a confidant at times. I remember specifically telling you when you first pitched the idea of your talk show right. to me that you didn't want to do this. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I said, you do not understand how much work this is. <laughs> and I, you looked at me like I was just speaking nonsense. Yeah. No, I, I, I did. Was I wrong? No, you weren't. I, I didn't want to do it. Uh, I thought it would be cool if somebody else did it. Um, your, your wife had, uh, convinced me that I could do it and I'm not sure what she was thinking, <laughs> but here we are six years later, at least, uh, on You're the doing air, it and I'm doing it and it's not quite what I envisioned. Um, it's actually quite a bit different than what I had originally planned. Um, but it was actually Carrie's passing that led me to kind of finally pursue it with, uh, with a little bit more intentionality. 
Um, and so we'll get into that later on in the show as well. But like I said, I want to talk a little bit about the adoption stuff. I do have to run to the news. I, I mistimed that last break a little bit. So we got to run to the news in just a second. But you mentioned when we first started today that you were adopted. And that has turned into a really, really cool adventure for you over the last, what, it's been two years now since two you years. kind of started on that down that path, which all started with a, a DNA test, right, with the with the Ancestry.com. Father's Day gift, actually. Was it a Father's Day gift? So, and from, of course, your kids. Um, but, yeah, that, and I, and I had an opportunity to talk with you about on a podcast episode one time, which was really cool, too. So we're going to dive into that. And, and so when we get done with the news, that's, that's kind of where I want to start is let's talk a little bit about the road First of all, the adoption and what you were rescued from, I guess you could say. Um, and then all of that story, which led up to you, what, about a year and a half ago now, right? When you met your biological mother yeah. for the first time and your biological father, they're still around. Yes. And and biological father, somewhat local. Um, biological mother, not quite so much, but still within... Reaching distance, I guess I could say. So we'll do that in just a few moments. It's Pat Sweeney in the KNOX newsroom is up next. It's News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 1079, KNOX FM. News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 1079, KNOX FM. I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. 701-775-5559 is the phone number. Live at KNOXradio.com is the email. In the studio with me is a gentleman by the name of Steve Dries. Uh, like I said, uh, he hear, wears multiple hats and has multiple different labels. Uh, he's been a friend of mine for about nine years, eight, nine years now. And um, uh, Steve, we, we mentioned in the previous segments that you are you were adopted um you are i am are adopted. you are adopted yeah um how is howard and myrna were your were your folks's name right the, yeah. the folks that adopted you and you were adopted in where what what hospital were you born in do you remember or do you know i was born in fargo you were born in fargo okay so you were adopted literally just days after being born so Let's talk about first the adoptive family and what it was like growing up as a kid who was adopted. And did you know you were adopted? And as far back as I can remember, my mom would sit me down and tell me the story of the day they went to go pick up Stephen. Okay. So you knew it wasn't it wasn't like hidden from you, and then you found no, out and were shocked. No. Or... It was celebrated from okay. from the moment I knew about it. Now, the, the kind of the classic story of young kids, especially that are adopted, is you get teased for it. You, oh yeah. Did yeah. did you run into that much, or because it was celebrated in your house, didn't bother you? I didn't hear it very often. Okay. Every every once in a while, you did, but I, most people wouldn't tease me about it. Okay. Um, Were you just bigger than them? You beat them up, or? Well, the, that was a good part of it. I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I tell a lot of people that I was big when I was little. Mm, okay. Um, so I, yeah. I, and apparently it's intimidating. I don't know. But. What did, what did that mean to you kind of knowing you were adopted? Because I've always heard it as uh, I'm, I don't remember who it was. The one of, there was a, one kid was adopted and the brother or something was not. 
And essentially what he told, and maybe it was you that was telling yeah, me this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my, I may be. They chose me. They got stuck with you. Yeah, my my brother and I were having an argument over something you, stupid. It was you that, okay. Yeah, yeah and, and he said, well, at least I'm their real son. And I said, well, they picked me. Yeah. And they got stuck <laughs> with you. Um, not my proudest moment. Yeah. But um, the the choosing part really has stuck with me over the years. Mm. Um, I, I was very fortunate to be adopted by the family I was adopted by. Right. Great parents. Yeah. Um, instilled in me wonderful values. Uh, I recognize that not everybody gets that, but growing up, I just assumed that everybody had a family like that. Like you'd come home and the normal perspective was that you were told that you're smart, that. You can accomplish anything you want to try. You know, you were valued. These sorts of things. It only dawned on me much later in life that the reason all of my friends wanted to be over at my place all the time mm. was because it was safe. Ah, yeah. And they didn't have that at home. Yeah. And it's interesting now. I mean, as I think back on my childhood, there were so many, so many nights in the evenings. You know, sitting around our kitchen table with three, four, five, six of my friends playing cards, you know, playing pinochle with my dad and with my mom and my brother. And 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 I kind of had that same experience. All of my friends wanted to be at our place. And and um, yeah, that's interesting. I guess I hadn't really ever put it in that perspective before that they felt and I'm sure they did. And I know they did because I've had those conversations. You know, they just they felt more valuable at our place than they did at home or wherever else they were at. So that's interesting. I guess I had never really quite put that together. So you were, you were adopted. You, you grew up in a, in a loving home. There was no, you know, no horror stories of foster care being beaten up or anything like that. You, nothing, you, nothing even close to that. The idyllic childhood really. Right. And, and in small town, North Dakota. So when, when you first kind of started your journey to maybe wanting to find your, your, a, your biological parents was that did that something that started young or was that that came later in life or every adopted kid at some point um gets told they can't do something right right and it's of course the yeah. worst thing in the right. world you know it wasn't really that bad of a yeah. deal but you you can't you go know, to that concert lay, with your friends or lay whatever. in your room you know crying choking back tears uh, my real parents would take me to the show. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. you know, I had those sorts of, yeah. of things, but I never really said I should go out and look. And find them. In uh, 2001, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, I forgot about that. That's a discussion, too. So I paid to have a medical history search done right. of my biological parents. And that wasn't very helpful okay. at the time. And I, because they didn't find anything, right? I mean, there just there was not much it, of a medical history. The two twenty-year-olds that conceived you were healthy at the time of your birth. Yeah, I mean, how sick do you have to be to to not be healthy at, at 20, twenty years old, right? right? Yeah. Um. So it, there was no history beyond that in in that report, and I had hoped for a, a more complete history. Um. So that was kind of a waste, uh, but I kept that file for a long time. Right. Um, and about, uh, 2018, I had open heart surgery. Right. 
And for Father's Day following that, my two daughters gave me a DNA test kit so I could find out where I come from. Okay. So it was really their push right, to get me looking. Was and it, then it became a, a, a question that had to be answered, right? Almost was, a mystery, right? right? Yeah. It was something was, that had to be solved. It solving was, a yeah. puzzle. Yeah. And, and that's just something that. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily I, I was unhappy with the way things had gone or the way my life had turned out or anything like that. It was just a, it was a curiosity kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I had somebody ask me, um, how does your adoptive mother feel about all of this? And I said, well, you know, truthfully, if, if at the start or at any point in this process I had an inkling that my mom wouldn't like this, right. I would stop. Right. Right, because uh, it was never intended to be disrespectful or anything no, like that. No. Yeah, let's let's go back a little bit. Uh, you, and you she me- she loves this. Yeah, She's- you you mentioned being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, and there's I'm, I can almost guarantee you that somebody listening has either had a uh, diagnosis of cancer or is currently facing that. How does what, something want a, like want another twist to that though? Yeah, the reason I was adopted, right, was because Howard had Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh and they couldn't conceive. They couldn't conceive because of that. Wow! Wow! So your adoptive or your your yeah your adoptive parent had what you had, but it this obviously was not a biological had connection. Roughly the same age that I yeah. had it. So how does that? How does something like that hit you? Because like I say, I'm sure I can almost guarantee you that somebody either somebody's listening that that is has a current diagnosis or has had or knows someone who has had some sort of cancer diagnosis. The first question they ask you when you've got a cancer diagnosis, is there a history of cancer in your family? Right. Uh, if you're adopted, the answer is, <laughs> Yeah. Right? Um, I, I now know the answers to that. Right. And the answer is no. Right. <laughs> Which is um, somewhat but, unhelpful. But I used to love throwing the doctors for a loop. I'd say, well, uh, my father had had Hodgkin's lymphoma at the same age, presented on the same side of the body, and they're thinking, I've got a research paper. I'm gonna ru- I'm gonna be published, right? Right. And I'd say, and I'm adopted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when when you're you're how old were you? You were uh, two thousand one minus sixty eight is what? Well, so yeah, you're ten, twenty years younger than we are now. So yeah. in your mid thirties, early thirties. So at, at that age, brand new wife and kids. How old are yeah. your kids with that? At put at the at that. Time? Savannah was three. Okay. So Tanisha would have been. I don't know. Eight, nine. No, she was a teenager. Oh, she was okay. So to to someone who's maybe facing that diagnosis. I mean, what what do you what do you say to them? I mean, you're on the other side of it now. You've obviously been cancer free for some time. Um, what do you what do you say to somebody that? I mean, what's the advice? Because I I've never the the closest I've ever come is a parishioner of mine when I used to be a pastor was diagnosed with cancer. I've I've had a couple of friends who have been diagnosed since I was mm-hmm. and have asked me for advice. And the the best advice I gave them is don't try to be a hero. Mm. Um, the worst thing I did, I, I'm not a big pill taker. Right. And so they gave me pills to take for pain and pills to take for nausea. And I thought, well, I'll, when, when the pain gets bad, I'll start taking the pain pills. And when the nausea gets bad, uh, no, don't do that. 
Mm. If they tell you to take pills for nausea and pills for pain, then you start taking the pills for pain and nausea when they tell you to. You <laughs> yeah. don't wait till it gets right. too bad because then you're playing catch up. Ah, uh, and yeah. So that's interesting. That's interesting. Th- that's the best advice I gave them. Um, so the it's funny. We always want some sort of philosophical, right? Like some answer to the 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 of life's greatest questions in in those moments. And sometimes it's just do what the doctors tell you to do is the best advice. Right. I mean. Th- if you know me for a long time, you know that the philosophical yeah. part of things is covered well before we get to the I've been diagnosed oh, yeah. with con- yeah. cancer. Yeah, true. Right? Yeah, it's a good point. So um, the assumption is that you have your You've situation answered those big questions God already worked out. Right. Like, so I was comfortable every night thinking this could be the night I die. Mm. I'm okay with that. Um, if you aren't okay with that, that makes a cancer diagnosis much harder to deal with. Yeah. yeah. In fact, there were nights I went to bed saying, it could be tonight. I'm okay. Yeah. Tonight. Could it be tonight? Yeah, because this hurts. Could it please this be is, tonight? Yeah, this really sucks. And yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not like I wouldn't wish cancer on anybody. Yeah. And so there's, I had a friend who, my brother's friend, who had um, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. What's the difference between the two? When I was doing research on it, um, Hodgkin's lymphoma has like an 80% cure rate. Okay. The best information I could find on non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is it doesn't exhibit the remarkable cure rate of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, okay. Well, my which, buddy, which is my not brother's as good. buddy, he, he did survive it, and he's on the other side of it, so... Um, yeah. So, uh, text messenger asks, who am I talking to? So I, and I'm, this is one of the things that I'm not good at in radio and JT and I've actually had this conversation is if you have a guest in the studio, make sure, cause people are in and out. And so my, uh, the person I'm talking to is Steve Dries. Um, he is the husband of Carrie Dries. For those of you who have been regular listeners of KNOX or latent broadcasting for any time, um, Steve was married to Carrie. How long were you married before she passed away? 17 years. 17 years. So um, had two kids with her, uh, Tanisha and, and Savannah and no? Tanisha, Tanisha was from a from previous, okay. previous marriage. I did not know. Well, she calls you dad, though, so. Well. Yeah, so. <laughs> so I guess I didn't know that. So anyway, um, but yeah, you have uh, your, like I said, father, uh, husband, all that kind of stuff. And um I just always thought that you've got a kind of an interesting life story that I wanted to to share with my listeners. I want to get, you know, it's not that I want to get away from politics. I'm a political junkie. And we'll actually get into some of that today because your story of adoption has kind of colored your view of some various political issues. And and uh, so we'll get into that as well. I do got to take one more break, though, before we uh, before we wrap up the uh, the first hour. So we'll do that. The Schmidt Show continues in just a few moments. My guest, Steve Drees on 1310 KNOX AM 107.9 KNOX FM. Before calling into Brad Schmidt, please make sure you're on his level. It can get ugly if you're not quite there. And it irks me that you have to devote this much time to a guy that obviously hasn't even got two brain cells to rub together. It requires a higher level of intelligence to make the cut and be on The Schmidt Show. And a lower level of inebriation. The Schmidt Show, three to six weekdays on News Radio 1310 KNOX and 107.9 FM. I am 
I'm your host, Brad Schmidt. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. In the studio with me is uh, Steve Drees, as I've mentioned uh, a couple of times, um, but apparently not enough. Uh, Steve Drees is uh, uh, a friend of mine I've known for several years and uh, the husband of former KNOX, former KICK radio host, Carrie Drees. Um, you are a computer programmer, software developer, like I said, a father, uh, a husband, all of these various labels that we all kind of carry with us. Um, and and bring uh, to basically every discussion, right? It's so hard to separate. We try to, you know, this is my radio voice and this is my dad voice kind of thing. Um, but the real the reality is it's nearly impossible to separate all of these things. Uh, and Steve, you've got just a great story of uh, a life story that, um, I mean, it almost sounds like a, and I think if we if we all step back and kind of look at our lives, there's a little bit of this in all of us, but it almost feels a little bit like a Hallmark movie. Do you ever feel I, I, like that? I've joked that if I pitched this story to Hallmark, they'd go, you know. It's not really believable, you, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's not really believable. Can you tone it back a little <laughs> bit? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's been weird. So we were talking about the cancer diagnosis before the, the break, and, and some of the, 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 the thing that kind of struck me is that it wasn't the philosophical kind of answers that I was expecting. It was, hey, do what your doctors tell you to do, which also you, I would assume, took the same approach. You had open heart surgery a few years back and and kind of took that a same same approach as, hey, the doctors told me to take this for pain, so I'm going to do that? Or how did oh, you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although I, I weaned myself off the pain medicine. As quickly quick. as possible. I just don't like the way it makes me feel. Yeah, I'm, and I'm it, the same way. It I, makes I, me feel like less of me. Well, and, and as a recovering addict myself, that's always a bit of a concern for me because sometimes I kind of do like the way it makes me feel, and that's a little bit scary as yeah, well. I can understand. Yeah, that. so um, so when we, when we get into our number two here in just a minute, um, I want to talk. We'll get back into the adoption thing and talk about the adventure. And I also do want to talk about your wife and your connection here and all that. So we'll do that in just a few moments. This is News Radio 1310, KNOX AM 1079, KNOX FM.